0: I'm your co-host, Kira Lynch, and we have Sarah with us today. Sarah, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your weekend?
1: It was very chill. I just went to Cork City, went out for food with my sister. I did finish up most of my kind of new office area this weekend, which is really cool. Exciting. And it was just, it was relaxing. It was chill. And I think... The weather wasn't great either, so there wasn't a whole pile you could do.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: How was your weekend? Weekend was
0: good. I kind of similar to you. I did a lot of like wholesome things. I
1: oh wait, Kira, you saw Barbie.
0: I know. <laughs> we need to Actually, talk about yes. This it. is how I started off my weekend. I did. I went to see Barbie. Oh my god, Sarah, I absolutely loved it. Really? Yeah, I loved it.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because I know you were sceptical.
0: I was sceptical and I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend as well. And she was like saying it to me. I think we all maybe when we heard there was a Barbie movie coming up, being like, okay, that's not going to be great. But it is so much better than I thought it was going to be. So I went in with like, not my expectations low, but like, somewhat lower than maybe they should have been yeah I loved it I really really loved it and even I remember when you were saying you went to go see it and you cried yes I definitely cried as well and like actually my friend that came with me she kind of teared up
1: okay
0: and we and we did so at like different parts of the movie which I thought was really cute um I mean I probably teared up at the part that everyone, like probably the most common one when the Billy Eilish song comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. I want to go see it again.
1: Would you? I was actually yeah. thinking about going to see it in the next few weeks as well because it's just so, so good. And I, I feel like it's really suitable for every age category as well. I don't really think it's targeted towards one big age group. I mean, when I know when I went, there was people older than me, there was small little kids and it kind of suited everyone
0: yeah it is it definitely is the soundtrack's really good Ryan Gosling is hilarious in it (laughs) like he (laughs) He is is. my favorite and I when I first saw him with the with the dyed blonde hair I was like oh god no not Ryan Gosling amazing I take every every bad thing I may have like thought about it going like before um I take it all back it's so good
1: it was it was so so good I'm so happy you liked it
0: yeah loved it do you know what was really funny actually is about two funny things happened uh when I went to go see it the first one was there was this guy sitting beside me uh now I went to the everyman cinemas um so anyone who's like listening who's in London or in the UK who might know the every are there everyman cinemas in Ireland I don't, no, I
1: don't know I don't know
0: um but they're basically the cinemas that have the really comfortable couches. So okay. like you really could fall asleep in there. Like it's so comfortable. And um, this guy came in and he sat beside me and he ordered some food. So you can get like burgers, chips, oh, pizzas. Wow. Like you can get like a proper dinner okay. in there as well. And you can have like a beer or a wine. Um, And he ordered food. He had a beer he was on his own um
1: yeah
0: and anyway about halfway through the movie I kind of like looked out of the corner of my he was asleep oh, really? Oh, god. and then he started snoring <laughs> oh no oh, but then gosh. yeah so then that I was like I, I like kind of tapped my friend and I was like oh my god look he's fully asleep um I genuinely think he just went in for a nap and a, and a bite to eat. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he was truly there for Barbie. But um, a few minutes after that, then that I had noticed he was asleep, the fire alarm started going off. So they actually had to evacuate everybody out of the cinema. And this lady came in and she was like, um, we'll we'll go back to the start, but we just need to get everybody out. And I was like, I don't need it to go back to the start. I just wanted yeah. to, like, pick up where we've paused, which which they did, absolutely, but... um yeah we did have to like evacuate for about 20 minutes halfway through the movie which was a bit crazy um now I was saying to my friend that's such a sign that I enjoyed the movie because if I wasn't enjoying it at that point I probably would have left would
1: have left yeah obviously yeah
0: because you're just waiting around um but no we did we waited we went back in loved it
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, such a hit. It was a real hit. Um, so that was kind of how I started my weekend. And then other than that, I read lots. lot. Um, I finished two books. Two books? So, yeah. So I finished two books. So um, one of them is from Ocean Vong called On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Oh my God, it's okay. a really short book. It's only like 200 pages, 250 maybe. Oh my God, I both my eyes out
1: oh really yeah
0: like you know in a small but mighty book I was like oh my god this is gonna have like a lasting impact on me um it was so good so so good um and then yesterday I did a bit of painting I was out and about the weather here like I was saying to you is so lovely that it's it's a shame to like be indoors yeah so I just tried to spend a lot of my weekend outside where I could but yeah that was it really in case people haven't like picked up we record this episode on a Monday morning so this is also like Sarah and I catching up on the weekend
1: (laughs) no it is it's I actually really enjoy these little Monday morning catch-ups and then we do our little deep dive session Mm. it's a really good start to the week I always really enjoy it
0: yeah definitely like I always kind of start my Monday now by like Looking at beauty news, see what, seeing yeah. what's going on. If there's been any like major updates or collaborations or announcements, um, and because we record on the Monday and the episode basically comes out on the Thursday of the same week, it is basically like new news. You know, it's yeah. not like trying to get ahead. And we're like, oh, this episode comes out in a month, and that's why we've decided to kind of record and then turn turn it out so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't always easy to do when you're a busy agency, but no, it keeps the news relevant.
1: It does. Speaking of beauty news, should we get into our little what's going on in the beauty world session?
0: Yes, yes, let's do it. Where Where will we start? What have you got for us?
1: Well, I have something from Prada. I actually got a press release on this. I think it must have been two weeks ago, but at the time you, you weren't allowed to speak about it because it wasn't launched yet. Yeah. But now basically Prada have launched skincare and makeup. Love this. Which is really, really interesting. Now, it's extortionate pricing. Yeah. You're talking like 370 euro for one of their serums. Oh, wow. But- okay. The way they've went about marketing it has been really, really cool. The products are all refillable as well. So once you've finished a product, you can just go back and get your refill instead of buying a whole new tube, which taps into that kind of sustainability element as well, Yeah. which was very, very nice. But it I think... It came out at the beginning of August. Now, I don't think it's available in Ireland as of yet in like our department stores like Brian Thomas and stuff, but it is available on the brand's website. But I just thought it was a really interesting move from Prada. Like when you think of Prada, you think of their iconic bags or, you know, the big loafer shoes and those trends. But you'd never think of them bringing out like skincare and makeup. And what's really cool as well is they've incorporated science and technology into their products as well through like the packaging. That. Yeah. And I just thought it was something lovely, something different. Another, I guess, another luxury brand tapping into that market. So it's going to be interesting to see how it does. But I just I found it quite interesting, I really unexpected move from Prada I would say yeah it is do you know I totally agree with you in terms
0: of their like iconic brand that they have yeah it does seem a little bit like oh okay Prada but then also it's if you look at the likes of like Gucci Beauty and things like it, it is so um logical next step for them is it just skincare or is it makeup as well
1: so it's skincare and makeup I actually have a list of all of the products they're bringing out
0: amazing
1: they've got 33 shades of their new reveal foundation 26 monochrome matte lipsticks six dimensions like their eyeshadow quads and they're inspired by classical the Prada Prince they're bringing out three augmented skincare products and then 10 brushes and tools. So the range is quite big. And tools as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I'm i not gonna lie, I would love a Prada makeup brush.
1: <laughs> Imagine. Oh my god, such a treat.
0: Yeah, stunning.
1: Now I think their makeup starts a bit lower. Their makeup, I think the foundation starts at about 60 euros. So that's I mean, it's still expensive for a foundation, but at least you're not going in straight away with your 370 euro for a serum. Yeah. But I think for um, for like a birthday treat or for Christmas, it's something quite nice to treat yourself to.
0: Yeah, it is. It's definitely a gift rather than just, I mean, depending on what your disposable income looks like. I personally don't spend that much on skincare or cosmetics, but... You know, if I, if my family wanted to get me something all together, maybe, maybe they might also tell me no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God. I can imagine now if I said that to my family, they'd be like, are you having a laugh?
0: Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They'd be like, come down to planet Earth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pe- Earth please.
1: <laughs> but I, d- I thought that was just a really interesting piece of news. That was kind of my main beauty news that I wanted to talk about today but how about you I know you have two is it two pieces of news?
0: Yes I have two so one is a collaboration one is a new brand that is launching so um, I think officially they're launching into retailers potentially next month but they are available for purchase on the brand's website now they are an American company but it's called Athletic cosmetic company um so co-founded by former professional dutch tennis player dominique van bokel again apologies if i said it last week but i i butcher names for somebody who everyone gets my name wrong um i may have pronounced that incorrectly and i am sorry um So Dominique, along with beauty veteran Kate Solomon, who was previously held positions at um, LVMH, L'Oreal, Babu Botanicals and Louis Vuitton. um, So they've partnered together to launch this athletic cosmetic company. Um, So they deliver high performance products, which is solely based on um, sports training and working in sports as well. So as we said, Dominique is a former tennis player and this is this whole category is aimed at really looking at wearing um, cosmetics while playing sport which I really love because I think as somebody who is now trying to get back into the gym and everything and you're kind of like working out a little bit more I definitely see that there is a gap in the market for that and particularly a brand to fully have that as their strategy I don't Personally, I don't know any other brand. I'm sure there is um, a brand out there that does exist. I think there was a few years ago a more kind of mass consumer brand, much more okay. lower price point, that tried to do something along this. Was I it think-
1: Rimmel? Did they I try to bring out products? I don't know if it was
0: Rimmel. I think this was actually like a standalone brand. Okay, Were they stocked in something like it could have been boots or um maybe like a super drug they weren't like Mm -hmm. high-end it wasn't luxury but it's gonna be so annoying then the name of the brand is gonna come to me like after we stop recording it's always (laughs) always the way but maybe I'll have a little look in a second um but Solomon was taking a break from the beauty industry when her teenage son enrolled in Florida's elite sports training Uh, Academy to play competitive tennis and this is where she developed the inspiration behind the brand to create beauty products that last through playing sports and exercising the brand has the brand has plans to sign sponsorship deals with sports teams and is launching in October with three products initially. So they've got a hyaluronic gel serum, they'll have a waterproof mascara and then a hybrid lip and cheek stain as well. So future releases planned for the brand and cool include cooling sensation eyeshadows, tinted SPF 40 serums, cleansers and also facial exfoliants. So yeah, I think I really liked the angle. The price point's actually not too expensive. It's all in dollars at the moment, but the Hyaluronic Gel Serum's retailing, um, that's their highest at $42. Waterproof mascara at $28. And then the uh, the lip and cheek stain is 22 Um, So that's what we've got in terms of new brand news. Um, and then also we've got a new collaboration. So Bleach London, which many people will know as the really experimental um salon that's based in like really hip cool areas of London so they're in Soho they're in Shoreditch um and they are known for like their bright vibrant colors but they have done a collaboration with mark jacobs so heaven by mark jacobs so these two companies have come together to express their love for bold ideas and nostalgia through a collection of three temporary hair colors um so you've got red dye which is a dusty vibrant red you've got pink dye which is a metallic glossy shade and then you've got green dye which is a luminous slime color i don't know Sarah if we are the demographic for these colors but I do (laughs) I think they're pretty cool on everyone else um so each dye or color consists of a vegan formulation and utilizes ingredients such as pro vitamin b5 to keep the hair hydrated and in good condition because as we all know with hair color it strips nutrients out of our hair so that's when it becomes dry so I love the hair hydration angle the three new colours are housed in 240 milliliter glass containers with cute character art by French airbrush artist Mich- Michel Bry, featured on the label. The collection launches um with a photographic series as well by William E. Wright that portrays classic before and after imagery as a way to express the transformative power of hair colour. So I thought that that was really cool. Gosh. And, you know, it's not necessarily something... I would expect it from Marc Jacobs as well, but I think yes. it's it's really really cool. I love it.
1: We're seeing a lot more of that now though, I think these days it's like the kind of luxury brands like Marc Jacobs collaborating with beauty brands. Yeah. I've I've noticed that a lot more that they're tapping into that industry, but I would have never pictured Marc Jacobs doing something with Bleach London.
0: No, never.
1: I think that's really, really cool. Now, I, yeah, as you said, I probably wouldn't use it. And I don't think you would either. No. But I definitely, some people do come to mind that I think would just rock all of these dyes. Yeah. Do you know what it
0: is? I find it depends on how permanent it is. Like, I love the idea. And one of the brands that I used to work with actually, they do this where it was called a loom and play so you could put it in your hair for like 24 hours and be really cool but then it would wash out really easily so you if you wanted, like say if you were going to a day festival um or you were going to like harry styles or something like that and you just wanted to be a little bit adventurous and if you had lighter pieces in your hair um you know you could kind of be adventurous for the evening and then it would like wash out
1: that was such a thing back in the day though. I remember yeah. a couple of years ago you'd go into the shop and you'd get your hair dye and you'd like colour part of your fringe or something yeah. and you'd leave it oh out. And you would think you were the bomb.com. I remember I did it one time with like pink hair dye, I think. And I thought I was like, oh my god, don't look at me like I'm amazing right now.
0: <laughs> I know. And then I think that's it as well when they mention like it's tapping into nostalgia.
1: Yeah i love that
0: yeah so anyway that was um that's bleach london we've got loads to talk about in today's episode and i don't even think we'll get through all of the notes but even if we don't um what we will do is of course we've got show notes really detailed show notes for the episode that will be also available on our website so that's socially forward slash podcast we'll leave the link in the show notes of course um so we will definitely have all of the information in there because UGC and where it's kind of come from and where it's going, it's a big subject there, isn't it?
1: It's massive. Like and I think it's been around for a couple of years. I remember when I was doing research on this, like it's been around since 2017, 2018 it kind of started coming in. But I do think in the last year or so it's just completely taken off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for anyone who doesn't know what UGC is or what we're referring to, we're basically talking about user generated content. So we're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about as well, I think, um, the differences between UGC and influencer marketing, because if this is something that you haven't really heard of before, you might be thinking that they are potentially the same thing and they're not. And there's big differences and we'll kind of talk through them. But to give a definition of what UGC is... Um, it basically refers to any form of content such as images, videos, reviews, testimonials, social media posts, like anything that's generated, um, created and shared by consumers rather than the brand themselves. So in context of this in beauty marketing, it really looks at users of the product showcasing their personal experiences, preferences, transformations when it comes to using a brand's products or their services. The content is a voluntary as well and it's shared on social and then the brand can potentially reach out to the the consumer if they've got permission then to use it on their own brand social platforms reviews websites any other like online space that the brand is in to potentially use as a form of their marketing so there's many reasons why a brand would want to encourage user-generated content we'll talk through all of the advantages of it um and one of the biggest things is that it's um it's very cost effective I think, um but then, we could potentially pose the question: Isn't that the same as influencer marketing? So there is a big difference. Uh, Sarah, do you want to talk us through the differences between UGC and influencer marketing?
1: I guess the main difference you could say between UGC and influencer is. Mary from down the road would be your UGC creator. <laughs> she's just a normal woman. She went to the shop, she picked up her product and she liked it. So she decided to do a review on it. It's completely normal. Most of the time, she probably isn't getting paid a huge amount. She just has, you know, a regular amount of followers. She's she's normal. She's natural. But if you look at an influencer, they would usually have what up to like, couple of thousand followers, 300,000, 400,000, whatever. And they are usually kind of put into these really big contracts. And sometimes you don't know if what they're telling you is the truth. So do they like, do they actually like the product or are they telling you they like the product because they're they're getting paid quite a big amount for it? I think if you were to make, make it simple like that, that's how I would explain it for someone who was just coming into this with like brand
0: new eyes yeah i agree and also to add on to that as well from a brand's perspective influencer marketing as you mentioned sarah they have the influencer has a higher audience so yeah a lot of the time the brand is wanting to use for the influencer to post on their channel like that's the goal um so then you can get your product and your service to to new people who are following that influencer. And then I think with user generated content, the goal is to kind of inject credibility into the brand's social. So it's not necessarily about the reach. It's more about the community, the engagement, exactly. showing the product in use, whereas influencer marketing is about brand awareness on that influencer's channel.
1: and you know I've been prepping my my research for the last couple of weeks you have been
0: you have loads so hit us what are some of the the stats you've got
1: so 93% of customers will always go and look for reviews or like more UGC content of real people buying the product before they actually go and decide okay I want to get this makeup palette or this foundation so that kind of just shows you just how important it is for brands to tap into that but I also think it's a really good starting point like if you're a new brand and you don't have the budget to work with an influencer I think going down the UGC road is a little bit more cost effective
0: yeah for sure and
1: 88% of consumers say that recommendations from family and friends also influence their purchasing decisions so there's, there's actually a lot of different stats I could go On even further, but we do have to try and get through the rest of our notes. But there's a lot of really high stats out there that just kind of prove that UGC content is a really, really good strategy to implement if you are a beauty brand looking to create that community, which is really, really important in the skincare and makeup world. I think, no matter what you're doing, having that community and having people, real people, show off your products it's just, it's really, really important.
0: Yeah, you touched on that as well. And I suppose looking at it from the significance of beauty brands, there's, I mean, there's loads and loads of benefits of why a brand would do this. So we'll just kind of go through some of them. So first of all, authenticity and relatability. So user generated content is often perceived as more authentic and relatable in comparison to professionally produced brand content consumers in this aspect they do trust the opinions and experiences of their peers more so than traditional marketing and I know that you just touched on that as well but it I think your overall marketing strategy should be a blend of all of the above it shouldn't really just be one thing so we're not saying don't use these like big crazy highly invested um assets that you've probably got yeah. but also show what that looks like to the real person and inject a little bit of like okay what's this product going to do for me who's using it in my bathroom Not a hotel or a studio where I'm just like Mary from down the road, as we say, or (laughs) or like our example consumer. But, you know, what's it going to be like for her? And I think that's where the transparency definitely comes in. So that then leads to building trust and credibility, which is obviously another big, big advantage for the brand um, and the relationship that they have with their consumers. They're seeing these real people using and benefiting from the product. So again, like we say, it's showing that the product is going to deliver on the results as well. And you're seeing that um, particularly when it comes to uh, the rise of video content. It builds engagement and also it builds up the community for the brand, which is always going to be one of their bigger goals when it comes to um, just social media use um, in general. So it encourages engagement by involving consumers in the brand story as well. And I think we spoke about this last week when we were talking about like Elf and we did for anyone who missed it, we did a deep dive into Elf and just using them as a case study. And one of their core factors in their social media strategy was including the audience like all of elf's bigger campaigns that we spoke through all had an element of ugc in it so there is definitely something in making your audience feel connected to you in i and i love that um you know we touched on it being a cost-effective um area of marketing so they can brands can leverage this type of content um, instead of investing heavily in professional content creation because on average the cost for user-generated content and there are a few different ways you can do it you can hire a UGC creator or for like our agency for example we do UGC style content for some of our brands that package is going to cost a lot less than if you're going to someone an influencer who has a million followers you know significantly costs much less to to go down that road or if you're actually using if you're actually using your real consumers then of course then that is even less again Um, diverse representation of course this allows you to have diverse skin tones body types beauty routines it promotes inclusivity um, and obviously that is really important for any brand when it comes to marketing Um, increased reach and visibility it allows you to get feedback and you know of course improve on future content that you might be releasing from a brand and of course it enhances customer experience as well so There's so, so many benefits we could keep going. Um, But it shows that in the competitive landscape of beauty marketing, brands need to be listening to what consumers want. And of course, that is authenticity, personal connection. It just wants to feel like that your brand is listening to what consumers are doing as part of your community. And I think that's where UGC plays a really big part of that.
1: It also, I think, just really links in with the road social media is going down like yeah people want natural things there's they don't want filters they want people to be honest and I think customers they want to have an insight into brands they want to know what's going on they want to feel like they're involved and that they're part of a community and I think like years back with traditional advertising we didn't really get that you know we saw the supermodels on the billboards or we read I don't know Vogue magazine and we saw the adverts in there but we never saw real people so it almost felt like these brands they were in another world like we were down here on the floor and then they were up in space it was like two completely different worlds so I think the beauty of UGC is it's it's linking both worlds it's allowing the customer to feel part of this community and it's also allowing the brand to get to know their customers better and then develop products and move things around in their brand to to help them reach their right audience
0: yeah absolutely and i you know you touched on something there of like i would have thought a few years ago i could never be the face of like a l'oreal ad campaign for example and um Or actually, sorry, taking, for example, Schwarzkopf, they actually used influencers and then I think they put their faces on the product as well. Now, influencers who were kind of micro as well, they didn't have a massive following, but they got the different varieties of like um, people who had red hair, people who had blonde hair. And it's kind of like, again, showing the diversity, but it is kind of like not taking away the models, but it's just making it a little bit more relatable.
1: Exactly. And I think, as I said, like that has really become a lot more important, especially since TikTok has come out, I think, because it in many ways is a completely different platform to Instagram. It's a lot more natural. And I think maybe sometimes it's easier to be yourself on TikTok in a way. At least that's what I find when scrolling through videos and, and seeing all of these UGC creator videos and stuff is that I don't know, is it just easier to be more natural and to be yourself compared to Instagram where you know you have to have the perfect Instagram grid aesthetic and your pictures have to be perfect and your videos have to be high quality whereas I think TikTok is I mean this is going into a whole other road now which we won't go down but I think it it all just links in with each other basically.
0: Yeah but I but you touched on something really important there because if a brand is trying to launch effectively on TikTok, the best road of action is probably going down the UGC focus strategy to begin with because that's kind of setting the seed for the brand name to get out there because I don't follow any brands on TikTok, I follow creators. And I think if you mm-hmm. want to launch effectively onto the platform some form of your marketing strategy for there has to include user generated content and your influencers on TikTok look very different to your influencers on Instagram.
1: Yes, they do a hundred percent. I think it's they're just two completely different platforms in a way you kind of have no filters on TikTok most of the time and people are more natural. And then on Instagram, it's a little bit more aesthetic. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting as well to look at brands who kind of jumped on board the UGC bandwagon quite quickly, like Sculpted by Amy is an Irish brand. Mm. I love her products. I think her products are really, really good. And I tapped into the brand because I kept seeing UGC creators pop up on my TikTok feed using her products. There was loads of different skin tones, skin textures, skin types. There was sensitive skin, combination skin, like... She's at, I think, almost 200,000 followers on TikTok now. But when you look at her feed, it's a mix of like your really lovely product shots. But then it's also real people. She doesn't use any filters on any of her videos. It's just completely normal, natural people using her products and just showing how good they are. And I think that's actually a huge part as to why she's grown so quickly over a short period of time.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I know that the brand... I mean Charlotte Tilbury, I'm gonna yeah. And look, there's no doubt about it. They have millions upon millions of um budget in their in their marketing department. But I do think in terms of user generated content, they've blended it very well with their marketing they're sorry, their influencer marketing as well. There's not a video, a makeup video done that hasn't got at least one Charlotte Tilbury product in it, and be that the influencer down the road that I or maybe not as an influencer but you know she's creating content maybe doesn't have a massive following but I'm seeing Charlotte Tilbury and her content and the big influencer that I'm following with with millions of followers as well and I think they've done a great job of like trickling that across all their different platforms um but then also the product has to work, you know, the product yeah. has to do as it says. And you can do all of these different things. But if your products at the end of the day is a bit rubbish, it's not going to work.
1: And that's the thing about UGC creators as well, is that they will like they are completely honest if something's not working, yeah. they're going to tell you. Whereas with influencers, as much as I love that industry and I think it's like it's incredible to see how much that industry has grown over the years at times and like there, there are examples out there of times where people have just promoted a product because they've been paid to do it and not because the product is actually good or they like it so I think that's kind of where the the difference is between UGC and influencer marketing
0: yeah definitely do you think I mean definitely share some more stats with us on because you went to a talk a couple of weeks ago didn't you on like user-generated content was there anything that came out of that that like like really surprised you to to the point where I know you you you're quite passionate about UGC in general but was there something that maybe even surprised you in in that talk?
1: There was quite a lot I mean the the talk was mainly focused on like the beauty world they gave quite general stats in the beginning but then they kind of I guess closed in on beauty brands so some of the stats that I kind of found out were that 86 percent of consumers prioritize UGC content when choosing beauty products and it it also really empowers the beauty community when people see more UGC inspired content on there so 91 percent of consumers love to browse social media before making any purchase I think that's something we probably all kind of do anyway. Yeah. But I think just to see that stat of 91%, I mean, all of the stats that I have here are quite high, like 61% of beauty consumers prefer engaging with UGC over traditional brand content. And that just kind of shows the road we're going down with social media. And then in research, the people who were doing this talk basically found that UGC can skyrocket online conversion rates by an impressive 161% for beauty products, which is quite big.
0: Yeah, that is insane.
1: There's, there's so many, like there's, I'll give you one more because I can go overboard. But nine out of 10 buyers witness real people expressing their satisfaction with the product. And then when people see that confidence in a brand source so that's kind of I guess it's really easy then for beauty brands to leverage this power and then they can just curate and display UGC testimonials on their digital platforms there's so many really really high stats that just kind of prove that Mm. I don't know is influencer marketing going to dwindle down a little bit and UGC content will kind of take over now I do think a balanced approach is probably the best yeah but I do think maybe down the road UGC will probably become a lot more popular
0: yeah I mean there's just so many more long-term benefits of it like your community building the transparency I think a big thing is it's cost effective as well
1: absolutely now like You know, the way influencer marketing, I guess, essentially was kind of a trend for so many years. And maybe UGC is just another trend that will come and go. Yeah. But I think while we have it here and I think, I just think brands just jump on board. Like I, I really am so passionate about it because... I see it on our clients' socials. When UGC content is put up on their socials, that's when they get the most engagement. And, you know, they get the most engagement, they get their comments, they get their likes. Whereas with influencer marketing, or even sometimes just your static posts of like beautiful products on a really nice layout or whatever, they're gorgeous. And I think it's really important to share that as well. But also have your UGC content in there because... We can see it works like it it really does help a brand
0: it's it's kind of going back to like old school marketing that i think we all know anyway it's like even a few years ago um an instagram post with a face in it would perform so much better than with just a product and i think it's kind of just taking that to the next level with with video content really um And I think as well what that leads into as well when it comes to why user-generated content is great for brands is because every brand wants to go viral, right? We looked at it with the ELF case study last week. Every brand wants to put themselves in a position where they have the potential to go viral. And with UGC, you can create trends and challenges as a brand that can captivate potentially a global audience. And I think particularly with, with TikTok now, it's kind of even giving brands more of an opportunity to put themselves in that kind of global awareness, which we didn't have a few years ago. So I think it, again, ticks even more boxes for a brand that they would want to, you know, get their, their name out there in, in a quick and, and relatively easy way.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's still actually... A lot more brands just hopping onto the TikTok or TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> hopping onto TikTok now. Like yep. we're seeing a lot more of the high-end, luxurious brands. They're just tapping into it now. Like they didn't really jump on the hype when it first came out a few years ago, which I find kind of interesting as well. Is how a lot of these brands they just kind of they took their time. They probably studied the app came up with the whole strategy and now they're going to slowly start Mm. hopping onto the app but then like you do have your brands who just they come onto the app straight away and their first video is like UGC and they blow up yeah and there you go it's 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 easy for you to grow from there so I guess it's it's all about your strategy and stuff as well. So yeah some brands
0: are definitely investing already quite heavily in UGC do you want to maybe shall we talk through some of the examples that we've seen in the industry
1: yeah for sure I think one that we actually both had was Glossier
0: yeah they do this very very well I feel oh like Glossier gosh. like was birthed through user-generated content
1: it honestly was yeah. I I love I've never actually tried Glossier products here I am saying I love Glossier <laughs> never tried their products
0: but you know what isn't that like that is the power of effective marketing. You love the brand and yet you haven't yeah. even tried a product. I know. <laughs> like that I, is so
1: powerful. I do really want to try their products though because it, it they do look really, really good. But yeah, I guess, I mean, they're probably leaders in this world. I know that they had a You Look Good campaign, which basically encouraged all of their customers to share unedited selfies using Glossier products. I love this. I think in this day and age, we're all about being real on Instagram, cut the filters. And this kind of has two benefits to it, I guess. First of all, you're seeing people's real skin. So it's like, oh my God, the pressure isn't there for the person who's looking at this post. You know, they might feel like, okay, but I'm posting my next thing on Instagram, I'm not gonna use a selfie. This girl could do it or this guy could do it, whatever. So I'm going to do it. But then also you're seeing products in use and you're seeing how it actually looks on a person's skin. You know, sometimes I think when you kind of Photoshop your pictures or whatever, you're not really seeing what a product actually looks like. Yeah,
0: exactly. And like, you know, people who have pores and people who have like imperfections and seeing like what it looks like, because actually that could if something is edited and filtered and then you buy it you're like oh this this product doesn't work because what I've seen online versus how it's performing for me like I would just bin it and be like oh maybe it doesn't it either doesn't suit me or the product's rubbish and neither are good outcomes for the consumer.
1: Absolutely and I think the whole thing behind this campaign was gloss. I mean Glossier's product's Are made anyway to kind of enhance your natural beauty and it's just kind of adding a light layer on top of what you have already which is beautiful yeah but I think I just I really really liked it it just showed an unfiltered moment and the campaign did really really well I mean their engagement rate on Instagram went up 65% and it generated a 24% high conversion rate which is is really really good
0: yeah, I mean insane stats. And, you know, for anybody who doesn't know Glossier, it's founded by Emily Wise, who was um it, i felt like I had to support the brand because she was on The Hills. Do you remember that? I know. <laughs> oh I, was like, I loved The Hills. Oh, and she was only in an episode, Sarah, and I was like, Oh my god, Emily, Emily from the Hills. Yeah. She's she's launched Glossier. Um But I mean incredible. I think she launched it at just the right time as well. But like Glossier for me I kind of obviously had seen it on social media but then my friends were using the product and then it was like that word of mouth and it it does like we said a few minutes ago it is just a brand that has adopted UGC and it has worked incredibly well for them.
1: It totally has and I think as well what I really really liked about some of these videos that I've seen is the way the product was placed in the video. So it wasn't overly obvious that this is a video about Glossier, like I need you to watch. It was get ready with me in the morning or my evening routine or whatever. And the UGC creators kind of slowly introduced the products. It wasn't just a full on in your face, I'm promoting this. I I just really liked the way that campaign, I guess, ran.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they are definitely an amazing amazing brand to look at in terms of like best in class UGC I think they do it incredibly well I've also just made a note Sarah for I mean all of our episodes are planned for the rest of the season for yes. for season one but I did put down potentially a Glossier case study for season two potentially
1: oh, 100% I mean there's They're so much great to talk about yeah
0: I know um okay the next brand that I had down on my list is actually looking at Fenty Beauty for anyone who might be living under a rock and doesn't know who Fenty Beauty are, um, they are, of course, the skincare and cosmetic brand founded by Rihanna, who we all love. Um, Well, I'm a big Rihanna fan. Are you?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love her. And I love Fenty. I think it's yeah. such a good brand.
0: Yeah. A friend of mine was actually the marketing director at Fenty for a little bit. Maybe we should get her on the pod. No way. Yeah so maybe oh we, should, we could pick her brain um, yeah again maybe for season 2 I'll ask her um, she's not really a podcaster <laughs> I don't even think okay. she listens to podcasts <laughs> but I will ask her I'm sure she might be up for it um, but yes Fenty Beauty by Rihanna um, the launch of the brand mar- was marked by the introduction of an extension, extensive range of foundation shades which included shades for deeper skin tones that were traditionally overlooked by many beauty brands so you know, they kind of launched already establishing themselves as um, an innovator. And then this move immediately set them apart and demonstrated its dedication to diversity so one of the campaigns that they've done for user generated content um, is called Fenty face campaign and this is basically um, encouraging users to share their unique makeup looks and what it did was it showcased diversity and versatility of their products Um, and then this initiative also encouraged customers to create um, and share their own unique makeup looks of course using the beauty products now I always See Fenty beauty as a leader in that kind of diversity and particularly like you know I think because they it's led by a black woman first of all yeah so it definitely there is inclusivity there that I don't think you always see with premium beauty brands if we are being completely transparent about that and this this campaign was so successful that it led to a 51% increase in brand mentions on social media and also a 22% rise in online sales during the campaign period which look I mean similar to Glossier these stats are incredible and when you're considering you know 51% and 22% of a brand that already has like millions of followers and advocates like these are insane numbers
1: I actually remember I'm just thinking about it there now I bought my first it was a gloss bomb I bought that because I saw a UGC creator using the product and this girl only had I think she only had a couple of thousand followers like she wasn't massive yeah I'm just thinking back to that time now that's how I actually discovered Fenty Beauty I didn't necessarily come across it because of like some huge billboard or like in a magazine or whatever I found it through a UGC creator I love that I really do like the way she's gone about her marketing though and I don't think she's kind of changed massively over the years I think the core thing for her is like building that community having inclusivity Mm. and she just she is again one of the brands that just nail UGC content every single time I don't think I've ever seen that brand fail at something
0: no no definitely not and also it's accessible but also high-end like yeah I don't know where is it stocked in Ireland
1: it's in Boots it's in Boots and I don't know is it in Brown Thomas or Arnett's it's definitely in Boots, because I, whenever I go in, I always stop at the stall to have a look. I'm not yeah. too sure about Brand Thomas or Arnett's so.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's stocked definitely in Boots here as well in the UK. And again, I just think that makes it really accessible.
1: It does, 100%. I think it just... Again, it's like it's owned by Rihanna. Think of Rihanna. Yes. She's like this massive person. We all love her songs, but having her products inside in boots kind of brings it back down to earth a little bit I don't know if that makes sense but it just makes it feel a little bit more normal and then you know if you are a college student or whatever and you're on a budget and you go into boots and you look at her products I just think it makes it that bit more accessible in a way
0: yeah no 100% I completely agree with you um and then the last one we're going to talk about is Sephora do you want to well this is the last one on my notes I do you you maybe have some more do you
1: I just had one from summer friday like this one was super super quick obviously summer friday is a skincare brand known for it's like really luxe face masks and stuff yeah and they basically launched the summer fridays campaign to celebrate self-care and self-care rituals so Customers just posted content featuring themselves indulging in self-care moments with Summer Friday products and UGC creators basically highlighted the brand's association with pampering and also relaxation. So it inspired customers to basically take time out of their day to do a bit of self-care. Now, this one was like, it was just a super, super simple concept, but I think in the world we live in today where you're constantly on the go 24-7, you're always thinking, it, I just thought it was a really nice campaign to just show people it's important to take time out of your day to just relax and yeah. rest. And I, I actually hadn't seen a campaign like that for a little bit of time. So I just thought that was something super nice to just mention.
0: Love that. Um, yeah and then the last one on my list uh, is the Sephora Beauty Insider Community so obviously Sephora a global leader in the cosmetic industry um, which is I mean a retailer that I, I know has just like relaunched back into the UK which is really exciting um, but yeah everyone knows sephora Um, and they've successfully harnessed the power of ugc through its beauty insider community and this online platform is designed to create a space where customers can engage share their experiences and exchange beauty related information so ultimately the goal here is fostering community and expertise what i love about this program as well is users who actually um, submit content. They get it as points or like loyalty points as well, which can be redeemed for rewards like exclusive products or discounts. Um, so there is obviously a little bit more of an incentive there. Um, but the UGC driven uh, community boasts over two million engaged members, and it's estimated that products with the UGC um reviews on Sephora have a fifty percent higher conversion rate than those without.
1: That's insane. 2 million engaged members.
0: I know 2 million. So if Oh my god. you know, if there's anything to be taken from that is like if Sephora are investing in it, maybe it's time you do too.
1: <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. I love Sephora. I wish we had Sephora in <clears> Ireland. <throat> yeah. The things I, know. I would do.
0: It's it was wild to me that it wasn't in the UK for so long.
1: Yeah. And how many stores do they have in the UK now?
0: just one I think for the minute they just okay. relaunched back into Westfields um in White City um White City Westfields but I'd say they will probably open up more and then you can obviously shop online as well through site yeah. so Sarah if, if you I... ever want to get anything on the UK when you can just deliver it to mine and I can send it do you to know you. what I
1: always do I literally I usually go to France every October so I'll get my little wish list together I go into Sephora over there and I shop till I freaking drop. I'm stocked up for another year because I I actually love love their own products like the Sephora lip balms and the face masks and stuff. Mm. This is totally going off topic now again, but just a little shout out, definitely try their own products because they're really, really good.
0: I've actually used a few of the lip tints before the Sephora branded ones and they are actually very good. I I definitely agree with you.
1: And so affordable as well.
0: Yeah, very reasonable um yeah you could go in and like lose hours in there
1: yeah you could
0: come out a new different a new person (laughs) okay perfect so I suppose the next thing on our list to go through is like basically strategies for leveraging UGC um I kind of had a couple of points on this one just things that I've learned Throughout the years of actually like working with brands and helping them on their user generated content. So, kind of like a few top tips from my side. And then, obviously, Sarah, you can Amazing. add yours as well. Um, first of all clearly defining your goals so before you're launching a campaign really have a look and see what your objectives are like what you really want to get out of it if it is fostering a community if it's boosting sales if it's you know trying to just diversify your own content on your feed these are all different goals they can work together of course but you need to be very clear in what your end goal is because that might change the different direction of user generated content that you like um, repurpose or if you wanted to do a call out on it like Monica Vinader do a really good they call it a brand ambassador program but it is essentially user generated content that they want to they want to basically build that community so they're a really good example to look at um, for examples but they have very clear clearly set out what their goal is on that and it is fostering community. Um so I definitely think everybody should be having a think about that. Identifying who your target audience is. I think that this is even important just beyond user generated content. I think in all forms of marketing it's really important to know who you actually want to target. But by understanding what your audience's preferences are, their behaviors and their interests, this allows you to tailor your user generated content campaign to basically resonate with those needs and aspirations and again ultimately filter into the goals that you have um, If you wanted to adopt user generated content in a bigger way into your brand, I think coming up with a clear campaign theme is always really important and integrating it into your marketing calendar. So designing a campaign around a theme such as a challenge or a skincare routine or a product transformation can definitely all work together in a more seamless way that, you know, we're kind of driving Amplification here to make it a bit of a trend, and if you want that virality, um, if we're all kind of talking about the same thing when it comes to a brand, it definitely has a bigger um, digital footprint in the long run. So, where you can create a campaign, I definitely think you should. Staying consistent, um, point number four, so making sure that you're integrating it into your overall marketing calendar. It's not just a kind of a drip feed every now and then. If you're really serious about taking this to the next level and For all of the reasons and stats that we've shared throughout the episode, I mean, it is a no brainer, but making sure that you are consistent with it um, and then evolve and innovate. So continuously experiment with new ideas and formats to keep your audience engaged. Social media changes so quickly and trends are changing so quickly, particularly on TikTok. So making sure that your brand is relevant and if some dance or something has gone viral, let's have a look and see how we can make it more relevant to the brand. And something really interesting might come up where you're like, oh, okay, this could be our brand's take on that. So I think, um, you know, a lot of these points are not just UGC related, but I think just important to be adaptable, I think, where possible.
1: Absolutely. And I completely agree with everything you said. I think staying consistent is a huge thing. If I was to give advice to, A brand i would say posting one to two times a week with ugc content would be quite important especially when you're growing and i think another thing as well that i've been thinking about and i think this is very much so if you're a smaller beauty brand starting out you're a beauty brand you could be a hair salon you could be a beauty salon whatever i think being important not being important, being selective yeah. with the UGC creator that you want to go for is important. Yeah, When you're a smaller business, I think having an outline maybe of what you look for in a UGC creator, the style of content that you want, that's going to be really, really helpful for the person who's going to be making all of this content for you. But I also think fostering that relationship with them if you are a smaller smaller business especially if you're a hair salon or a skincare clinic whatever having that relationship with the UGC creator and making sure that you get on and that you're on the same wavelength it's really really important because it allows the business to kind of feel a little bit more relaxed and be like okay she's got this or he's got this and I don't have to worry too much and it also just allows the creator to develop that relationship with you as well and get to know your business and your brand a little bit more I guess that's that is as I said more so if you're a smaller business starting out if you're a bigger business sometimes it is easier to just kind of put out an open call but when you're starting off I do think that that would be quite important.
0: Yeah and you can learn along the way as well you know it's it's all about OK, that worked. This is a really amazing part of this campaign that we've done. Like, how can we elevate that and taking away things that maybe didn't work so well? And it's all about, I suppose, looking at how you can future proof yourself when it comes to uh, building that community and, and user generated content. That quite nicely leads us into the next point. And it is going to be our final point today because we're already re- recording for an hour. <laughs> but it is kind of looking at the future of, of UGC as well. And while there is so many different ways that we can go about it, I think maybe we'll just highlight three areas there. And then what we'll do is we can put the rest in the show notes. And of okay. course, people can go on for further reading there. But yeah, what would you, for you, who's because I know you've done a lot of research on this as well like for you what where do you think the future of UGC is going
1: do you know what I think it's hard to just give a a full answer now because I do think it's still it's still kind of people are still learning the ropes a little bit it's still growing and I do think it is going to change Mm. but I guess how do I see it looking in the beauty industry I just think it's going to become a a lot more important and I really do hope in a way that we see like the more high-end luxurious brands tap into that like I would love if one day I went onto my TikTok and I saw the likes of Prada Beauty now for example who we mentioned at the beginning of the episode use UGC content I just think that would be so so cool I think also The whole like, again, sustainability and ethical focus is going to be really, really important. So when your UGC content creators are making your videos for you, you know, spotlighting, I don't know, the ethical guidelines or whatever behind a brand, or they could do something like, here's my sustainable beauty routine or whatever. I think that's going to be really, really big as time goes on, because that's what, 99.9% of customers are looking for yeah in their products but I I do think it's hard to give a definite answer right now just because the landscape it is still evolving and changing what about you
0: yeah I agree with you it's definitely in its infancy isn't it in comparison to like other areas of marketing Um, I think we're in a really interesting time with social media in general Um, I think obviously the rise of you know AI technology is obviously something that's really prevalent whether you're a brand a social media manager a designer like it's so and that's so in its infancy as well but I feel like there's isn't going to be no area of marketing where AI doesn't have some form of a solution or something to um to integrate into it and I think that in some capacities that will like filter into into UGC because it it filters into content creation. So yes. some of the things that we were kind of looking at maybe were like virtual try-on experiences um, that customers might be able to visualize how products look um, on their skin. We see that in some areas, particularly around cosmetics. So you can do virtual try-ons for like lipsticks and blushes yeah. and things. I think that might potentially move a little bit more into social media in general. So UGC would obviously integrate that. Um, And then obviously, I think with all things, when it comes to marketing, other key areas that have worked really well is obviously personalization where possible. We see that a lot in email marketing um, and it works very well. And I think that there will be some element of that coming into UGC as well. So how do we kind of personalize things? And that will probably be, complemented with AI somewhere along the way as well they're kind of the directions I think to keep an eye on it's so but like you said it's so hard to say what exactly it could look like but I think there are things that we we could be paying attention to
1: for sure and I think it's going to be really interesting to see even just for the next few months as we kind of come towards the end of 2023 like even in another four months or whatever just to see how much it's grown since now what is it the 21st of august let's look at ugc content again on the 21st of december and see what has changed what's been brought in i think it'll be really interesting because there'll actually be a lot of changes i know it's quite a short period of time but a lot changes in social media and marketing and i just think it's going to be really interesting to see how this new marketing strategy plays out over time
0: oh a hundred percent and that would be a really maybe at the end of like I don't know season two or something we do a check-in and just be like okay where has this like how it's grown even in six months or whatever the time frame might be but yeah very very interesting I think.
1: I think it is really really good and I I just I mean I could go on and on about it forever but I just (laughs) I love that I love that area I just think it's really really fun it's something different and it's going down the lines of what a lot of us want to see on social media these days which is just realness and just honesty which is really important
0: yes absolutely
1: absolutely um
0: so I think we'll leave it we'll wrap it up for today's episode there um of course if you are interested if you're a brand who's listening to this and interested in what your user generated content strategy looks like uh, we'll leave a link in the show notes to setting up a discovery call with us if you kind of just want to have a chat about maybe how we as an agency can help you with that um it's something we've been doing for clients now as Sarah mentioned if you. uh we've been doing it for quite a while now and actually all of the content that has UGC it just it just outperforms I mean the the stats speak for themselves but we'll leave a link in the show notes for that anyway um another thing is you may or you may not have seen it but we have been started doing like um, weekly wrap ups on our email marketing about like kind of what we've been talking about we've got so much that we, we talk about but between the podcast between um our blog editorials on site between all of the creative things that we're doing on social media um, just insights that we've seen we're basically rather than sending out a million emails with every update, we basically have been doing a recap every Friday. So that will kind of go into your inbox. If you want to be the first to get that, we'll leave um, a link in the show notes as well, just to sign up to, to those emails. We don't bombard people by any means, but that might be just one email that saves you a little bit of research and time. If you are interested in obviously the world of the beauty industry. And I think that's, that's it, Sarah, anything else from you before we close out the episode
1: no i think that's it just give us a follow on instagram to keep up with us we're posting a lot of really good content at the moment actually really getting the team more involved in videos and stuff and you're really starting to see our personalities a lot more so i would say give us a follow at sociallykira.agency on tiktok as well and i'm looking forward to next week's episode already amazing we're still kind of figuring
0: out the logistics of next week's episode I may or may not be here but the chances are yeah. I may not be here it could be Sarah <laughs> leading the show um and then when I'm back I can kind of give you an update on very exciting project that I'm working on but uh, yes I'm probably not going to be here next week so Sarah it'll be over to you you'll be talking about um something really exciting very different but also very important particularly for brands who have got sustainability at the heart of what they're doing a very important episode
1: absolutely i'm really really looking forward to it actually i've been doing some research over the last few days just trying to get familiar with the topic and stuff before we start recording and i think it's going to be a good one perfect okay guys thanks
0: everyone for listening as always if you like the pod give us a subscribe share it with your friends leave a review um and thank you for listening